Welcome back to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Joining me tonight, we got Rob. Hey, everybody. It's Rob. And we got Donnie. Hey, yo. I'm Donnie. And we got a very special guest tonight. First time, Mr. Ryan. Okay. So, Ryan, the reason we asked you on this evening, we're we're continuing our D&D class archetype rankings. And tonight we're going to be talking about the Artificer, and you happen to play an Artificer in one of our games. I do. Uh, so we're going to have you read that one when we get there. Uh, and then we're going to just talk a little bit about, you know, what we think of the Artificer class, but mainly the subclasses, um, and rank them accordingly like we have in previous episodes. Uh, so, Rob, why don't you start us off? Because uh, you generally do all of the reading as far as what each class gets as a base. And then we'll dive into the subclasses. Okay. Uh, so, Artificer, uh, quick overview. They're basically like the combination of magic and science class. Uh, they do a bunch of, they can create magic items. They do a lot of tinkering. They have robots. They have uh Iron Man armor, stuff like that. So basically, they're the the, the tinkerer class. <clears throat> uh, so to start off, you get hit points, 1d8 per artificial level. Uh, <clears throat> your proficiencies you start off with in armor or light armor or medium armor and shields. Simple weapons, thieves' tools, tinkerers' tools, one type of artisan tools of your choice. Uh, your saving throws are constitution and intelligence. And you get to choose two skills from Arcana, History, Investigation, Medicine, Nature, Perception, and Sleight of Hand. Uh, secrets of gunpowder weapons have been discovered in various corners of the D&D multiverse. If your dungeon master uses the rules on firearms and your artificer has been exposed to the operation of such weapons, your artificer is also proficient with them. Uh, equipment. Uh, we don't usually do that. Uh, so, Magical Tinkering. At first level, you'll learn how to invest a spark of magic into mundane objects. To use this ability, you must have thieves' tools or artisan tools in hand. You can then touch a tiny, non-magical object, such as in a, uh, as an action, and get one of the following magical properties of your choice. The object sheds bright light in a five-foot radius and dim light for an additional five feet. Whenever trapped by a creature, or whenever tapped by a creature, the object emits a recorded message that can be heard up ten feet away. Uh, you utter the message when you bestow this property on the object, and the recording can be no more than six seconds long. The object continuously emits your choice of an odor or a nonverbal sound, wind, leaves, chirping, or the like. Uh, the chosen phenomenon is perceivable up to ten feet away. Uh, a static visual effect appears on the object's surface. This effect can be a picture, up to 25 words of text, lines and shapes, or a mixture of these elements as you like. Uh, the chosen property lasts indefinitely. As an action, you can touch the object to end the property early. You can bestow magic on multiple objects, touching one object at a time. You, you use this feature. 
but a single object can bear only one property at a time. The maximum number of objects you can affect with this feature at one time is equal to your intelligence modifier. Minimum of one object. If you try to exceed your maximum, the oldest property immediately ends and the new property applies. Uh, spellcasting. You get spellcasting abilities as an artificer. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the spellcasting stuff. Uh, basically, you have spells. Uh, it's uh, goes off your intelligence modifier. Uh, you do get ritual casting, um, and I believe you get up to fifth level spells eventually. Uh, I didn't know this. Uh, t the tool, like whatever tool you have, is your spellcasting focus as an artificer. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just I saw the tools cool. required yeah. section and I'd never seen that before. So, uh, infuse item at second level, you gain the ability to imbue mundane items with certain magical infusions. Magic items you create with these features is effectively prototypes of permanent items. Uh, infusions known when you gain this feature, pick four artificer infusions to learn, choosing from the artificer infusion sections at the end of the class description. Learn additional infusions of your choice when you reach certain levels in this class as shown on the infusion snows column. Whenever you gain a level in this class, you can place one of the artificial infusions you learned with a new one. Infusing an item. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can touch a non-magical object and imbue it with one of your artificial infusions, turning it into a magical item. This infusion works on only certain kinds of objects and specified in the infusion's description. If the item requires attunement, you can attune yourself to it the instant you infuse the item. If you decide to attune to them later, you must do so using the normal process for attunement. <clears throat> Your infusions remains in an item indefinitely, but when you die, the infusion vanishes after a number of days having passed equal to your intelligence modifier. The infusion also vanishes if you give up your knowledge of the infusion for another one. You can infuse more than one non-magical object at the end of a long rest. The maximum number of objects appears in the infused co items column. You must touch each of the objects, and each of your infusions can only be uh, can be in only one object at a time. Moreover, no object can bear more than one of your infusions at a time. If you try to exceed your maximum number of infusions, the oldest infusion immediately ends, and the newer one applies. If an infusion ends on an item that contains other things, like a bag of holding, its contents harmlessly appear in and uh, in the space around it. Uh, artificial specialists, artificers pursue many disciplines. Here are the options. So that's what we're going to be discussing is the <coughs> uh, specialties, uh, well, subclasses. Uh, right tool for the job. At third level, you learn how to produce exactly the tool you need with thieves' tools or artisan tools. You can magically create one set of artisan tools in an unoccupied space within five feet. This creation requires one hour of uninterrupted work, which can coincide with a short or long rest. Though the product of magic tools are non-magical and they vanish if, when you use this feature again. Uh, ability score improvements, you get at 4th, 8th, 12th, 16th, and 19th. Uh, tool expertise, starting at 6th level, your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make that uses your proficiency with a tool. Flash of genius, at 7th level, you gain the ability to come up with solutions under pressure. When you are another creature you can see within 30 feet of you makes an ability check or saving throw, you can use your reaction to add your intelligence modifier to that roll. If you use this feature a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier, minimum of once, you read all expended uses when you finish a short, uh, finish a long rest, not a short rest, sorry. Uh, magic item adept. At 10th level, you achieve profound understanding of how to use magic items. You can turn up to four magic items at once. You can craft a magic item with a rarity of common or uncommon, 
It takes you a quarter of the normal time, and it costs you half as much gold as usual. Uh, spell storing item. At 11th level, you learn how to, use, how to store a spell in an object. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can touch one simple or martial weapon, or one item that you can use as a spell casting focus, and you can store a spell in it. Choosing first or second level spells from the Artificer spell list that require one action to cast, you needn't have it prepared. While holding the object, a creature can take an action to produce the spell's effect from it using your spellcasting modifier. As the spell requires concentration, the creature must concentrate. The spell stays in the object until it is needed, uh, until it has been used a number of times equal to twice your intelligence modifier, minimum of twice, or until you use this feature to store a, another spell in an object. Magic item Savant. At 14th level, your skill of magic items deepens more. You can tune up to five magical items at once. You ignore all class, race, spell, and level requirements on attuning or using magic items. Uh, magic item Master. Starting at 18th level, you can attune up to six magic items at once. And 20th level, Soul of the Artifice. At 20th level, you develop a mystical connection to your magic items, which you can draw on for protection. You gain a plus one bonus to all saving throws per magic item you are currently attuned to. If you're reduced to zero hit points but are not killed outright, you can use your reaction to end one of your artificer infusions, causing you to drop to one hit point instead of zero. Uh, art <laughs> uh, artificer infusions. So these are the infusions that you can learn to uh, put on your armor or weapons or magical items. Uh, arcane propulsion armor, level 14, a suit of armor. Where this magical armor gains this benefit, your walking speed increases by 5 feet. The armor includes gauntlets, which, each of which is a magical melee weapon that can be wielded only when your hand is holding nothing. Where is proficient with these gauntlets, and each one deals 1d8 force damage on a hit. Has a thrown property with a normal range of 20 feet and a long range of 60. When thrown, the gauntlets detach and flies at your target, then immediately returns to the wearer and reattaches. Your armor can't be removed against the wearer's will. If the wearer is missing any limbs, the armor replaces those limbs, hands, arms, legs, feet, similar appendages, and replaces them functionally identically to the, the body parts they replace. Armor of Magical Strength. This armor has six charges. The wearer can expend the armor's charge in the following ways. When the wearer makes a strength check or strength saving throw, he can expend one charge to add a bonus to the roll equal to its intelligence modifier. If the creature would be knocked prone, it can use its reaction to expend one charge to avoid being knocked prone. The armor gains 1d6 expended charges daily at dawn. Boots of the Winding Path, 6th level, a pair of boots. While wearing these boots, you can, a creature can teleport up to 15 feet as a bonus action to an unoccupied space the creature can see. The creature must have occupied the space at some point during their current turn. Uh, so basically that allows you to go back if you've walked past somewhere in that, that turn. Uh, ar enhanced arcane focus. Oh, so while holding a, this I'm sorry. So that last one, that's kind of like a, like a rewind kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, say you run up to somebody and attack them, you can use it, and then go back to where you were without as long as getting were, an opportunity yeah. attack because it's a teleport. Yes. I got you. Okay. Cool. <laughs> but if you didn't move anywhere, then they don't. They're useless. They don't do anything. Gotcha. <laughs> uh. Enhanced Arcane Focus, a rod, a staff, or a wand. While holding this item, a creature gets a plus one bonus to spell attack rolls. In addition, the creature ignores half cover when making spell attacks. The bonus increases to plus two when you reach 10th level in this class. Enhanced Defense, a suit of armor or a shield. 
Creature gains a plus one bonus to armor class while wielding armor or wielding a shield. Uh, the infused item, the bonus increases to plus two when you reach 10th level in this class. Is that cumulative with a magic item that might already have a bonus? Uh, yeah, because it's a bonus. Mm -hmm. Oh. Sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, enhanced weapon. Uh, well, even the one that Sean does, the he can also infuse different parts of his armor. Like he can do the shoulder pads. He can do the wrist thing. Like right. he can, so he can like bump up his AC like super high. God, and then you get crazy saves later on. That's okay. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, enhanced weapon, uh, a simple or martial weapon. This magic weapon grants a plus one bonus to attack or damage rolls made with it. The bonus increases to plus two when you reach tenth level in this class. Uh, helm of awareness, level ten requirement. A helmet. While wearing this helmet, a creature has advantage on initiative rolls. In addition, the wearer can't be surprised, provided they aren't incapacitated. Homunculus Servant. A gem or crystal worth at least 100 gold pieces. You learn intricate methods of magic creating a special homunculus that serves you. The item you infuse serves as, a, as the creature's heart, around which the creature's body instantly forms. You determine the homunculus's appearance. Some artifices prefer mechanical-looking birds, where some like winged files or miniature animated cauldrons. The homunculus is friendly to you and your companions and obeys your commands. See the creature's game statistics in the homunculus service stat block, which uses your proficiency bonus in several places. In combat, the homunculus shares your initiative count, but it takes its turn immediately after yours. It can move and use its reaction on its own. The only action it can take on its turn is the dodge action, unless you take a bonus action on your turn to command it to take another action. The action can be one of the stat blocks or some other action. If you are incapacitated, the homunculus can take any action of its choice, not just do the dodge action. The homunculus regains 2d6 hit points if the mending spell is cast on it, or if your homunculus dies, it vanishes, leaving its heart back in its place. And then it gives the homunculus stat block. So, uh, mind is the homunculus... I'm sorry to keep cutting you off here. No problem. Is this what Silk and Ferrum are? No. It is what Ferrum was, uh, and then it was... It, Silk is a, a robot from the Battlemaster... Yeah. Uh, the Battlesmith subclass. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, but uh, yes, uh, Ferrum was a homunculus servant, but uh, he became an NPC when uh, Sean wanted to change out that uh, gotcha infusion. So I made I NPC'd him instead of just making him be disappeared. Okay, <laughs> all right, gosh, sorry. Uh, what were you going to say, Ryan? I'm sorry, I cut you off. There. I was going to say, there's, there's the one key difference is that the homunculus can deliver a spell that has a range of touch. And the the Battlesmith's Steel Defender cannot do that. Gotcha. Yeah, I like, this is one of the classes overall that I just know the least about, so I, I may have questions as we go through these, that's all. Mm -hmm. Uh, mind sharp or a, a suit of armor or robes. The infused item can send a jolt to the wearer to refocus their mind. The item has four charges. When a wearer, rare, ugh, when a wearer fails a constitution saving throw to maintain concentration on a spell, the wearer can use its reaction to expend one of the item's charges to succeed instead. The item regains 1d4 expended charges daily at dawn. Oh, that's a good item. That's very good. Imagine having that, that just auto-succeeded on a concentration roll. I was just thinking that. 
And there's no roll involved or anything. Not a re-roll. You just succeed. Yep. Yep. Those are always nice. Uh, Radiant Weapon. Sixth level. A simple or martial weapon. Uh, This magic weapon grants a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it while holding it. The wielder can take a bonus action to cause it to shed bright light at a 30-foot radius and dim light for an additional 30 feet. The wielder can extinguish the light as a bonus action. The weapon has four charges. As a reaction immediately after being hit by an attack, the wielder can expend one charge and cause the attacker to be blinded until the end of its next turn, unless the attacker succeeds on a constitution saving throw against your spell save DC. The weapon regains 1d4 expended charges at dawn. Uh, Repeating shot. A simple or martial weapon with the ammunition property. This magic weapon grants a plus one bonus to attack or damage rolls made with it. Uh, when it is used to make a ranged attack and ignores the loading property if it has it. If you load no ammunition in the weapon, it, it produces it on its own, automatically creating one piece of magical ammunition when you make a ranged attack with it. The ammunition created by the weapon vanishes the instant it hits or misses the target. I like that. Uh, replicate magic item. Using this infusion, you can replicate a particular magic item. You can learn this infusion multiple times. Each time you do, choose a magic item that you can make with it. Uh, picking from the replicable items table. A table that tells you the level of the item must be in the class to choose an item from the table. Alternatively, you can choose the magic item from among the common magic items in the game, not including potions or scrolls. In the table, uh, items entry tells you whether the item requires attunement. See the item's description in the master guide for more information. Uh, so it has the at second level, artificers can recreate the alchemy jug, the bag of holding, cap of water breathing, goggles of night, rope of climbing, sending stones, wand of magical detection, and wand of secrets. At sixth level, they can replicate the boots of elvenkind, the cloak of elvenkind, the cloak of the manta ray, the eyes of charming, gloves of thievery, lantern of revealing, pipes of haunting, and ring of water walking. At uh, tenth level, they can replicate the boots of striding and springing, the boots of the winterlands, the bracery of Bracers of Archery, Brooch of Shielding, Cloak of Protection, Eyes of the Ego, Gauntlets of Ogre Power, Gloves of Missile Snaring, Gloves of Swimming and Climbing, Hat of Disguise, Headband of Intellect, Helmet of Telepathy, Medallion of Thoughts, Necklace of Adaptation, Parapet of Wound Closure, Pipes of the Sewer, uh, Quiver of uh, Al- Alona, uh, Ring of Jumping, Ring of Mind Shielding, Slippers of Spider Climbing, and Winged Boots. At 14th level, they can recreate the Amulet of Health, the Belt of Hill Giant Strength, the Boots of Levitation, Boots of Speed, Bracers of Defense, Cloak of the Bat, Dimensional Shackles, Gem of Seeing, Horn of Blasting, Ring of Free Action, the Ring of Protection, and the Ring of the Ram. Okay, Rob. Mm-hmm. How mad would you be <laughs> if in one of my games you decided, hey, I'm going to play an officer. They, you know, they seem pretty overpowered, blah, blah, blah. You make it. If I create level. the wings you make it of boots, level. they're full of lava? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey. <laughs> I hate you. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm letting you know right now, 100%, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Repulsion shields. Uh, level 6, a shield. The, the creature gains a plus 1 bonus to armor class while wielding his shield. The shield has 4 charges while holding it. The wielder can use an, a reaction immediately after being hit by a melee attack to expend one of the shield's charges and push the attacker up to 15 feet away. The shield regains 1d4 charges daily at dawn. 
Resistant armor, 6th lever, 6th lever, 6th level, uh, a suit of armor. While wearing this armor, the creature has resistance to one of the following damage types, which you choose when you infuse the item. Acid, cold, fire, force, lightning, necrotic, poison, psychic, radiant, or thunder. Uh, returning weapon, a simple weapon, a martial weapon with the throne property. This magic weapon grants a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it, and it returns to the wielder's hand immediately after it is used to make a ranged attack. And finally, spell refueling ring, sixth level, a ring. While wearing this ring, your creature can recover one expended spell slot as an action. Recovered slot can be a third level or lower. Once used, this ring can't be used again until the next dawn. And that's it. That's all the base stuff, which is a right. ton of ton of shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, None of that's really good. Alright, so I will start off... Now, Ryan, you play a battlesmith, correct? Yep. Oh, you get to go last. Look at you. Hey, look at me. <laughs> uh, I will start off with the alchemist. Uh, so with the alchemist starting at third level, you get tool proficiency. You gain proficiency with alchemist supplies. If you already have this proficiency, you gain proficiency with one other type of artisan's tools of your choice. Also at third level, you get alchemist spells. You always have certain spells prepared after you reach particular levels in this class, as shown in the alchemist spells table. These spells count as artificer spells for you, but they don't count against the number of artificer spells you prepare. At third level, you get healing word and ray of sickness. Fifth level, flaming sphere and melts acid arrow. Ninth, you get gaseous form and mass healing word. 13th level, you get Blight and Death Ward. And 17th level, you get Cloud Kill and Raise Dead. <clears throat> also at 3rd level, you get air Experimental Elixir. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can magically produce an Experimental Elixir in an empty flask you touch. Roll on the Experimental Elixir table for the Elixir's effect, which is triggered when someone drinks the Elixir. As an action, a creature can drink the Elixir or administer it to an incapacitated creature. You can create additional Experimental Elixirs by ex expending a spell slot of first level or higher for each one. When you do so, you use your action to create an Elixir, create the Elixir in an empty flask you touch. Uh, and you choose the elixir's effect from the experimental elixir table. Creating an experimental elixir requires you to have alchemist supplies on your person, and any elixir you create with this feature lasts until it is drunk or until the end of your next long rest. When you reach certain levels in this class, you can make more elixirs at the end of a long rest, two at 6th level, three at 15th level. Roll for each elixir's effects separately. Each elixir requires its own flask. <clears throat> um, so, you get to roll a d6, and essentially in order, 1 through 6, uh, the effects that you get, you get a healing uh, elixir, which uh, restores 2d4 plus your intelligence modifier and hit points. Uh, swiftness, the drinker's walking speed increases by 10 feet for one hour. Resilience, the drinker gains plus one bonus to AC for 10 minutes. Boldness, the drinker can roll a d4 and add the number rolled to every attack roll and saving throw they make for the next minute. Flight, the drinker gains a fly speed of 10 feet for 10 minutes. And transformation, the drinker's body is transformed as if by the altar self-spell. 
The drinker determines the transformation caused by the spell, the effects of which last for 10 minutes. Uh, at 5th level, you get Alchemical Savant. You've developed masterful command of magical chemicals, uh, enhancing the healing and damage you create through them. Whenever you cast a spell using your alchemist supplies as the spell casting focused, you gain a bonus to one roll of the spell. Uh, the, that roll must restore hit points or be a damage roll that deals acid, fire, necrotic, or poison damage, and the bonus equals your intelligence modifier minimum of plus one. <clears throat> uh, ninth level, you get restorative reagents. Uh, you can incorporate restorative reagents into some of your works. Whenever you create, whenever a creature drinks an experimental elixir you created, the creature gains temporary hit points equal to 2d6 plus your intelligence modifier, minimum of one temporary hit point. Uh, you can also cast Lesser Restoration without expending a spell slot and without preparing the spell provided you use the Alchemist Supplies as the spellcasting focus. You can do so a number of times equal to your Intelligence Modifier minimum of once, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. And lastly, at 15th level, you get Chemical Mastery. You've been exposed to so many chemicals that they pose little risk to you, and you can use them to quickly end certain ailments. You gain resistant to acid damage and poison damage, and you are immune to the poison condition. And you can cast Greater Restoration and Heal without expending a spell slot, without preparing the spell, and without material components, provided you use Alchemist Supplies as the spellcasting focus. Once you cast either spell with this feature, you can't cast that spell again. Uh, you can't cast that spell with it again until you finish a long rest. I feel like part of chemical chemical mastery, when they're like, yeah, you've been exposed to these chemicals for so long that they pose little risk. It's like, yeah, you fucked up a lot, and we know you've burned yourself with acid so many times that you're just used to it by now. Yeah, your your entire skin is just one big callus now, so right. <laughs> don't get burned. Uh, okay, so what do we th what do we think about the al alchemist class? Um, so I'm going to call on you, this being Ryan's first time, we'll start with Ryan, actually. Uh, so as I explained to you earlier, Ryan, S is something that is remotely either game-breaking or could be game-breaking eventually. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, where would you scale the Alchemist class uh, on, on a scale from S to D? And uh, is there anything that stands out to you about these classes like right. so <clears throat> i'm trying to interpret the subclass while also remembering the base artificer spell list which isn't great it's pretty much the paladin spell list <laughs> without now, without most of the smites. Artificers are are they con they're considered half casters, right? They're half casters, yeah. and yeah. most of the spells are support. There are a couple that are damage, um, but you know we're we're in that campaign. We're what seven, eight? Yeah. And Simon has two spells that deal damage. <laughs> um, so you know if he didn't have the good weapon, then you know. But anyways. Um, I like that this gives you a couple of damage spells early. 
to counteract that. Um, most of the elixir options are good. I mean, there's the one, you know, you can call the altar self one, like, that's your, if you roll a six, you bricked it, and you no one's going to use that potion well, in battle. But not, in, not in battle, that's that a utility spell, yeah. The rest of them are, are fantastic. I mean, anybody would be happy with any of those. Um, and when you get down to casting heal for free, I mean, I know it's once, but it's it's heal for free. Yeah, it's seventy hit points. It's... And you know, it's it's pretty good. Um, so keeping in mind that it somewhat bolsters the spell list, I'd probably give it a, like an A minus. Okay. Because it's not. Like, when you say the Artificer's overpowered, I don't think it's this subclass that you're talking about. You know? Well, I mean, I will say there are aspects of the Artificer that I find overpowered just in the base class. Um, the subclasses or, or the specialist classes for Artificer just just kind of add on to it. In in my opinion, they just they, sure. they make that that already semi overpowered class a bit more overpowered. Yeah, just uh, as far yeah. as like, since you're a half caster, you obviously want some sort of enhancement to your weapons, also because you're going to have to use them more often than most casters would. Right, and this one doesn't particularly do anything in that aspect. Right. So the the potions are what's special. So that's that's why I'm thinking yeah. low A, high A minus. Okay, uh, Donnie, what about you? I kind of agree with everything he just said, except I'm probably going to rank mine a little lower. I'm going to say a B plus, but I could maybe be talked into an A minus. I feel like there's, like, identity issues with this specific one. Like, yeah, healing's great. But the rest of the class, like, the main, the regular class, I don't feel like... I don't, that's not the feeling I got from what I was reading and hearing. Okay. I think, I think it's great, and I would welcome one in my party. It's like an off-healer that can do other stuff, too. Uh, yeah, see, that's exactly what I would consider. I, I'd consider, like, this particular type of uh, artificer being, like, an off-healer. Um. Yeah. All right, Rob. What about you? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the. Uh, our party doesn't have a healer, so guess what, Artificer? You get to be the healer, kind of. <laughs> uh, side thing, because like, it it doesn't really. I I mean, I feel like I see what they're doing with it, but it doesn't really fit with the rest, like the the main Artificer. Abilities. This is more like, oh, we're just going to throw in a healing class just because. Yeah, it feels uh, tacked on, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is worth mentioning, though, that artificers do get cure wounds and revivify. Yeah. I don't mean. I'm no. I don't mean to say they're not effective. I just. I feel like it's. You don't. I don't. I wouldn't feel that I had a solid identity playing this particular yeah. one. Now, as a half caster, too, they don't have as many spell slots. Correct. Yeah, it's uh four, three, and a getting two. Yeah, they okay. get two fifth levels, and then see the rest of it. when I read when I read this class, 
or, or this particular subclass for Artificer, I don't even, like, I, I wouldn't even say, oh, hey, your group doesn't have a healer, so the, this Artificer is going to have to do the job. I more so see this as like, hey, your clerics out of spell slots are running real low on spell slots, so artificer, you're gonna need to you're gonna need to help out. Like, I I don't necessarily know that I think this artificer subclass could be a group's sole healer. Yeah. I don't think they could at higher levels. That's for sure. Maybe at lower. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you had two of these in one group, then between the pair of them, they could keep a group up, but I don't know. But I mean, Rob, what did you want to rank this one, Rob? Uh, I'll go with B+. All right. Uh, so who was going to about to say it? Was about to say. Uh, I was going to say, as far as being the healer, it kind of depends how long you have, because there isn't a limit to the amount of elixirs you can make, right? It's just how many you can make at a time. So you could just make a ton of 2d4 plus 5 health potions <laughs> given uh, enough time. Um, but what would really sell me on the alchemist is if one of the options for the elixirs was a grenade. Yeah. Uh, the elixirs, you have to expend a spell slot of first level or higher for each one. But they don't expire. Yeah, until your next long rest. Okay. Yeah, the elixir you create with this feature lasts until it is drunk or until the next long rest. And so it takes a spell slot to make one? Well, I think... No, that's additional ones. So you can make the one for free, and then it's a first Yeah, level. you get one for free, and Not then one. if you want to make more, it's a spell slot. But at level 15, you make three for free, and then you can make an additional one for a first level spell slot. So four at the cost of one spell slot. It's better than cure wounds. <laughs> but Yeah, assuming that you get a, a one on all of those. I wish that one of them... I don't know if they would have to make it a D8 or if they would replace one. I just wish one of the potions was offensive, even if it's 2D4. Yeah. <clears throat> um... Man, I, I'm gonna be a little harsh on this because I mean, I got I, keeping in mind that we're ranking just the subclasses and not necessarily the class itself. Because yes, I do think the art uh, the artificer is very strong as a class. I'm gonna actually be I'm gonna be the outlier here. I, I'm gonna give this one. I think I'm going to give this subclass a C. I'm, I'm really not... There's nothing that really super stands out to me about this class. This Well, this subclass. Mm. Um, I think the most beneficial thing is that 15th <laughs> level where you can cast the heal for free once once a day, essentially. Yeah. Um, you know what? You've kind of slightly convinced me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, it happens. Here, here's the thing. The Battlesmith is better than this class. There are times playing the Battlesmith where I feel like I'm doing nothing. Right. And this class is not as good as that. I feel like leveling this to get to 15th where you get free heal would probably not be as enjoyable. 
Right. <laughs> so I'll probably drop down to to a B. All right. I'll drop you down to a B then. You're uh, right. This is an S. <laughs> uh, Donnie, are you sticking with your original assessment of B plus? See, if I'm just ranking the subclass without considering how good the base class is, I might actually say a C, but I do feel that there needs to be some consideration for well, their tool set before this. Yeah, because especially, I mean, if the tool set complements the subclass, then the subclass is going to do the same and complement the class. Right. And they're going I don't to feel like this complements the class. That's exactly that I think it's point. nice to have a utility caster that can also heal a little. Wow, that's nice. It's like a little extra frosting on top, but it's not. I don't. I don't like the identity that this would give you. As much as I would like to play an alchemist. Okay, so are you changing? I'm gonna say score? a B plus. No, I'm gonna say B plus. Well, okay, so you're staying B plus. Rob, are you yeah. staying at the B? Mm, I said B plus. B plus. But the, I was taking into account the full artificer class, though. Which she said you were not. So, but that's how I've judged all of them. So no. that's how I have it. I mean, that's fine. Um, I just, I, like, I know that we're here to, to rank the subclasses themselves. So like, unless it's something that really makes the class as a whole stand out and shine by itself, like if they're like super complimentary, then I'll consider that. But I feel like this doesn't bring anything overly special to the artificer class. Um... All right, so with our rankings, Rob, what's what's our overall with a B, two B pluses, and a C? Uh, it's either B or B minus. All right, I'll just say it's a B. So our overall for the Alchemist is a B. Um, Donnie, why don't you read Armorer for us? All right. Sorry, man. Peter's loading. Well, I never. Oh, it might be crashing. Hold on. I've got a white screen. Okay, here we are. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Tools of the trade. When you adopt this specialization at third level, you gain proficiency with heavy armor. You also gain... Am I reading the right one? Yep. Yep. Okay. You also gain proficiency with the smith's tools. If you already have this tool proficiency, you gain proficiency with one other type of artisan's tools of your choice. Uh, at third level, you get armor or spells. You always have certain spells prepared after you reach particular levels in this class, as shown in the armor or spells table. These spells count as artificer spells for you, but they don't count against the number of artificer spells you prepare. So at third level, you have Magic Missile and Thunder Wave. Already the best Artificer class. <laughs> they, they get Magic Missile. Whether your bias is showing. Sorry. Uh, fifth level, Mirror Image and Shatter. Ninth level, Hypnotic Pattern, Lightning Bolt. Thirteenth, Fire Shield and Greater Invisibility. Seventeenth, Pass Wall and Wall of Force. It's a pretty good list, I think. I don't uh, remember. Has Sean ever used Magic Missile? I believe so. I think he did one time just because I asked him to. Or he's like, Mernon, <laughs> this is for you. And then he does it. I, oh, I yeah, feel like I think did. that happened. Yeah, that sounds familiar. All right. So at third level, Arcane Armor. 
your your metallurgic pursuits have led you to making armor a conduit for your magic. As an action, you can turn a suit of armor you are wearing into arcane armor, provided you have smith's tools in hand. You gain the following benefits while wearing this armor. If the armor normally has a strength requirement, the arcane armor lacks this requirement for you. Uh, you can use the arcane armor as a spellcasting focus for your artificer spells. The armor attaches to you and can't be removed against your will. It also expands to cover your entire body, although you can retract or deploy the, the helmet as a bonus action. The armor replaces any missing limbs, functioning identically to a body part of... Uh, yeah, to a body part it is replacing. Uh, you can doff or don the armor as an action. The armor continues to be arcane armor until you don another suit of armor or you die. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, armor model. Beginning at third level, you can customize your arcane armor. When you do so, choose one of the following armor models. Guardian or Infiltrator. The model you choose gives you special benefits while you wear it. Each model includes a special weapon. When you attack with that weapon, you can add your intelligence modifier instead of strength or dexterity to the attack and damage rolls. That's cool. Um, you can change the armor's model whenever you finish a short or long rest, provided, that the smith yeah, provided you have the smith's tools in hand. Uh, Guardian. You design your armor to be in the front line of conflict. It has the following features. Thunder gauntlets. Each of the armor's gauntlets counts as a simple melee weapon while you aren't holding anything in it. And it deals 1d8 thunder damage on a hit. A creature hit by the gauntlet has disadvantage on attack rolls against, the tar against targets other than you until the start of your next turn, as the armor magically emits a distracting pulse when the creature attacks someone else. Defensive field. As a bonus action, you can gain temporary hit points equal to your level in this class, replacing any temporary hit points you already have. You lose, the t you lose these temporary hit points if you doff the armor. You can use the bonus action a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Infiltrator. You customize your armor for subtle undertakings. It has the following features. Lightning Launcher. A gem-like note appears on one of your armored fists or on the chest. It counts as a simple ranged weapon with a normal range of 90 feet and a long range of 300 feet, and it deals 1d6 lightning damage on a hit. Once on each of your turns when you hit a creature with it, you can deal an extra 1d6 lightning damage to that target. Okay. Uh, powered steps. Your walking speed increases by 5 feet. Dampening field. You have advantage on dexterity stealth checks. If the armor normally imposes disadvantage on such checks, the advantage and disadvantage cancel each other out as normal. Uh, fifth level, they get extra attack. You can attack twice rather than once whenever you take the attack action on your turn. Uh, armor modifications. At ninth level, you learn how to use your artificer infusions to specifically modify your arcane armor. The armor now counts as separate items for the purposes of your infuse item feature. Armor, the chest piece, boots, helm, and the armor's special weapon. Each of those items can bear one of your infusions, and the infusions transfer over if you change your armor's model with the armor model feature. In addition, the maximum number of items you can infuse at once increases by two, but those extra items must be part of your arcane armor. Uh... Perfected Armor. At level 15, your Arcane Armor gains additional benefits based on its model, as shown below. Guardian. When a huge or smaller creature you can see ends its turn within 30 feet of you, you can use your reaction to magically force, that, force the creature to make a strength saving throw against your spell save DC. 
pulling the creature up to 30 feet towards you to an unoccupied space. If you pull the target to a space within 5 feet of you, you can make, the, you can make a melee weapon attack against it as part of the reaction. Uh, you can use this reaction a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses of it when you finish a long rest. Infiltrator. Any creature that takes lightning damage from your lightning launcher glimmers with a magical light until the start of your next turn. The glimmering creature sheds dim light in a 5 foot radius and has disadvantage on attack rolls against you as the light jolts as the light jolts it if it attacks you. In addition, the next attack roll against it has advantage and if that attack hits, the target takes an extra 1d6 lightning damage. Okay, so ultimately this is the Iron Man yeah. artificer. Then. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um well let's let's start with Rob on this one. Uh Rob, do you have anything that stands out to you that you want to talk about or before you give a grade? I hate it. <laughs> you hate DMing for it. Yes. As a DM <laughs> I, I rank this S plus 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 game breaking. <laughs> really? Yeah. <clears throat> he has a hard time dealing with Sean. Yeah, with the his AC so high because he can add so many infusions to his armor, and then he has flash of genius to avoid any kind of. Oh wait, uh, but what's his AC? I don't know. Twenty-eight. Oh, and what's Ryder's AC get up to? Twenty-eight. <laughs> if oh, he uses huh. shield. Huh. Now, now hold yeah. up. But Sean just has a twenty-eight, and then I he then he has shield on top of that. Wait, okay, how does that's he, fucking insane? How does he have that? See, I, I don't think he has 28 without the... Could only shield. infuse plus two once. No, it allows you to do it twice, specifically for this armor. But you can only infuse each infusion once. Ooh. So at most, he can do plus two to uh, AC on the armor and plus one on a shield. I don't know. Uh, Rob's like, huh, I'll have to go revisit Sean's (laughs) character sheet now. Well, no, because I thought you could do the same infusions more than once. It just can't be Uh, a certain number. Let me double check. Um... Oh, this is going to end badly one of two ways. Either Sean's, <laughs> Sean's going to find out his AC can't be that high, or Simon's going to find out his AC can be higher. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, okay, here. Um, you can infuse more than one non-magical object to the end of a long rest. The maximum number of objects appears in the column of the table. You must touch each of the objects, and each of your infusions can be in only one object at a time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds right. So if if his arcade armor is made out of full plate, being eighteen plus three, so twenty one, plus the normal D A uh, the normal AC that a shield would give you if he has a shield, so that's two more. Yeah. yeah. That's twenty three. And then, then you can infuse the shield, right? If you infuse this, yeah, twenty-four. If you infuse the shield, and then twenty-nine if you shield, use shield. If you shield, yeah. And that's still fucking amazing, especially considering they're not 
Well, I don't know what level they are now, but I don't think they're like super high level. Well, you have to be fifteen for all the parts to, or uh, nine for all the parts to separate. So yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty good. All right. So from a non-DM bias, Rob, what would you rank the armor smith, the armorer? Uh, I'd say a. I'm going to put S plus 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 <laughs> DM bias. Uh, so A, you said? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Donnie, what do you what do you think? We'll go with the A too. I think they're giving you tools to play play your role well. All right. Ryan, what about you? Okay, so I do think this is one of the better ones, partly because of the armor, but also the spell list. Because, again, you're getting damage spells early, and you'll see when we get to Battlesmith that it's four defensive spells all at the the beginning. But Uh, not that those are bad, but... There's certain situations where you don't need an entire base spell list of support spells and then more support spells. But um, I do think this is one of the better ones. I, I would also say A. Assuming you could figure something spicy or interesting to do with the armor weapon attacks, <laughs> which I was working on before. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with all of you. I think it's going to be a straight A across the board. Straight A's. Uh, I just looked up Sean's. His is he only has the thing on his armor, the the AC. He's only 24. I, it's just with with shield, he gets up to 29. Oh yeah. Okay. Extremely oh, high. And what does Ryder get with shield? Sorry. Uh, without his reflection, his AC is a 21, so he'd be a 26. Uh-huh, but, but you have a reflection up 90% of the time in combat, so... So it would be 28. One oh, less okay. than Sean, okay? Huh, okay. <laughs> I mean, just throw that 24. out there. I'm just, I'm just saying, you think Sean is a hellscape to DM for, now you know how I feel with you sometimes, Rob. And we've already oh, dialed God. your character back, like, twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be even more busted if we didn't. <laughs> Plus, he has great armor, and I have studded leather. <sighs> hey, Gambit wears studded leather. What's Gambit's AC? Yeah, what is I Gambit's don't know what it is anymore. It's pretty high. <laughs> I think Gambit could get up to 30. Gambit can break 30, yeah. yeah. I'll be right back. One second. <sighs> All right, so that averages out to be an A across the board for the armorer. Yeah, if you can fly, the infiltrator is definitely better. Say it. Now, I was going to say, while we're trying to buy a little bit of time for Rob to get back, because he's reading the next one, uh, which, if you guys were going to play the armorer, which one would you play, the infiltrator or the guardian? I'd play guardian. And even because I think it's better, I just feel like it's thematically, like you can stick to a theme with it and go full tank. Hmm. I, since you can switch whenever you take a short or long rest, 
I would Guardian going into what I knew was a large battle with a lot of damage. Yeah, that's the cool thing about it. You're right. Wait, you can because you can change between them. Yeah. yeah. For, and during a short, or when you finish a short rest, you literally just tap it and it's done. Wait, where is this at? Where does this? Yeah, at? right, right where it's uh, right uh, before Guardian. You can change the armor's model whenever you finish a short or long rest. Oh man, Jesus! Yeah. So, nice. oh, I'm going to fight Balagos. Well, now I have a suit of armor that I can get 20 temp HP five times during this battle. You're still going to die if you're fighting him. I'm changing my grade to an A+. Plus. Just saying, 20 temp HP five times during the same battle. Yeah, that maybe, is not, maybe not Balagos, but, you know. Yeah, I, your point is a solid point. I don't mean to discredit <laughs> the point. Just your opponent is not a fair opponent. I mean, that's also something that Ryder does every time he casts his reflection. He's giving, people, he's giving other people, too. Yeah, temp HP. But yeah, I'll then, never forget the first time I saw a rider go inside another guy. Yeah, he doesn't have that ability anymore. That that wasn't oh. rider. That was Quill. That was Quill. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He's never playing mind. the same class, just not the same archetype for that class. Never mind. I take it back. <clears throat> That's it, though. If you're fighting eighty goblins, like if you're playing yeah. Rob's game, yeah. and you're getting swarmed by eighty goblins, yeah. and you happen to be a creature with wings. You now have a non-ammo ranged weapon that you can fire from the sky, bro. That's the first thing I thought when I read that part. Is I can do my hand crossbow expert now. See, I, I yeah, I mean, I didn't even pick up on the fact that you could switch back and forth between guardian and infiltrator. Mm -hmm. I thought you had to choose one or the other. So yeah, my mine changed to an A plus. Not that that changes the overall, but. And also, Infiltrator can carry sharpshooter feet, because it's a simple ranged weapon. Oh, oh man. Ryan, remind me, okay. to, remind me after we're done recording. I want, you to, I want you to say that. I want you to tell them that fucking combo you told me earlier <laughs> with, the, okay. with the ranged weapon there, with the longbow. All right, Rob, why don't you go ahead and read Artillerist for us? Okay. I actually played this one in Devin's game. For who, for some strange reason, you thought was a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I found out it was your Star Wars character that was the prostitute. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. You've been accused and not proven innocent or guilty. Oh, boy. Alright, the artillerist. Uh, third level, tool proficiency. You gain proficiency with a with woodcarver's tools. If you already have this proficiency, you gain proficiency with one other artisan tool of your choice. Artillerist spells. You always have certain spells prepared. Do you reach particular levels in the classes shown on the interior spell list? Uh, so third level, you get Shield and Thunder Wave. Fifth level, you get Scorching Ray and Shatter. Ninth level, you get Fireball and Wind Wall. Thirteenth level, you get Ice Storm and Wall of Fire. And seventeenth level, you get Cone of Cold and Wall of Force. Um, Eldritch Cannon. At, level, at third level, you've learned how to create a magical cannon using Woodcarver's tools or Smith's tools. You can take an action to magically create a small or tiny Eldritch Cannon in an occupied space or on a horizontal surface within five feet of you. A small Eldritch Cannon occupies its space, and a tiny one can be held in one hand. Once the creature, once you create a cannon, you cannot do so again until you finish a long rest or until you spend a spell slot to create one. 
you can have only one cannon at a time and you cannot create one while your other cannon is present. Uh, the cannon is a magical object. Regardless of size, the cannon has an AC of 18 and a number of hit points equal to five times your artificer level. It is immune to poison damage and psychic damage. If it is forced to make an ability check or saving throw, treat all of its ability scores as 10. If the mending spell is cast on it, it regains 2d6 hit points. It disappears if it is reduced to 0 hit points or after 1 hour. You can dismiss it early as an action. When you create the cannon, you determine its appearance and whether it has legs. You also decide which type it is, choosing from the options in the Eldritch Cannon table. When, uh, uh, on each of your turns, you can take a bonus action to cause the cannon to activate if you are within 60 feet of it. As part of the same bonus action, you can direct the cannon to walk or climb up to 15 feet in an, uh, to an unoccupied space, provided it has legs. Uh, Eldritch Cannon Types. Flamethrower. Can exhales fire in an adjacent 15-foot cone that you designate each creature in that area must make a dexterity saving throw versus your spell save DC, taking 2d8 fire on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. The fire ignites any flammable objects that are in the area that aren't being worn or carried. Force Ballista. You make a ranged spell attack originating from the cannon at one creature or object within 120 feet of it. On a hit, the target takes 2d8 force damage, and if the target is a creature, it is pushed up to five feet away from the cannon. And Protector. The cannon emits a burst of positive energy that grants itself and each creature in it of your choice within 10 feet of it a number of temporary hit points equal to 1d8 plus your intelligence modifier. Uh, fifth level, Arcane Firearm. You know how to turn a wand, staff, or rod into an arcane firearm, a conduit for your destructive spells. When you finish a long rest, you can use woodcarver tools to carve special sigils into the wand, staff, or rod, and thereby turn it into your arcane firearm. The sigils disappear from the object if you later carve them onto a different item. The sigils otherwise last indefinitely. You can use your arcane firearm as a spellcasting focus for your artificer spells. When you cast an artificer spell through the firearm, roll a d8. You gain a bonus to one of the spell's damage rolls equal to the number rolled. Explosive Cannon, <clears throat> ninth level. Every Elder's Cannon you create is more destructive. The cannon's damage rolls incre all increase by 1d8. Uh, as an action, you can command the cannon to detonate if you are within 60 feet of it. Doing so destroys the cannon and forces each creature within 20 feet uh, of it to make dexterity saving throws against your spell save DC, taking 3d8 force damage on a fail save or half as much on a successful one. Uh, and 15th level, Fortified Position. You are a master at forming well-defended emplacements uh, using Eldritch Cannons. You and your allies have half cover while within 10 feet of a cannon you created with Eldritch Cannon as a result of a shimmering field of magical protection that the cannons emit. You can now have two cannons at the same time. You can create two of the same with the same action, but not the same spell slot, and you can activate both of them with the same bonus action. You determine whether the cannons are identical to each other or different. You can't create a third cannon while you have two. Okay, so <clears throat> with that, so like the protector cannon does not do anything offensive, it's purely defensive, correct? Yes, I use that to save the people that we were right in the, in the game, if you remember. I put yeah. it in the tent and kept giving them 10 hit points. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, let's start with Donnie this time. Minus. Wow, I didn't even hear, I didn't hear the letter. What? 
Minus. All I keep hearing is minus. B minus. B minus. Okay. Why a B minus, Donnie? I like it a lot thematically, but I don't. I don't see anything that's really. I don't know. It's solid. I don't think. I don't think. I'm, I'm gonna say a B. Let me go up to a B. It's solid, but it doesn't do anything that like super super stands out. I love pet builds, so I do like the idea of having like two cannons out. But I don't think it's like the strongest build I've ever seen. Okay. Um, Ryan, what about you? All right, so here comes my differing opinion. Okay. We welcome those. We do. As as a battlesmith, who also has a pet that cannot explode, <laughs> nor can it do dragon breath or a ranged spell attack or temp HP, this is at least an A+. Because Fireball um, you know, it's got Fireball, it's got a baby dragon, basically, that can explode, that costs nothing to make other than a first-level spell slot. And then you eventually get two that can explode. And, oh yeah, also every time you cast a spell, you can just add a D8. I just, it's I just... Can I can see what you're saying. <laughs> now I will say it's not as good as Fireball. No, it had they no, also you had the spell Fireball. fireball. Oh. The spells. Oh god. Simon will never have Fireball. List. Yeah. I thought you were talking about when the cannon explodes. <laughs> no, but right. I mean it's still it's three D eight force damage, and yeah. if you have two and you can command them to take the same action at the same time at 6d8. Yeah. I mean... Alright, so you're giving it an A-plus for that reason. Um, Donnie, does that sway you at all? Or are you sticking with your B? I'm going to stay with the B. All right. I think well, it's good. I don't, I, I don't mean it's bad when I say B. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob, what about you? What are, you, what are your thoughts here? Uh, I will give it an A because I had a lot of fun playing it, even though it was like two sessions. But I still I enjoyed it for the short time I got to play it. Okay. Now I have a question. Now I'm assuming you can't put any of your infusions on your cannon, right? Because that's a magically created thing. Right. So, yeah, I would say no. You I'm, can, however, put things on your freaking gun, your your arcane firearm, and make it more powerful. Right. Yeah. Now, so uh. what I'm going to say, I'm going to also go with a B. Uh, it's a, I feel like this is, thematically, it seems like a really fun archetype to play. It seems like a very good archetype and, and strong. Uh, its spell list is great. I, you know, I might go B+. I just feel like everything about this archetype stands alone. It's almost like the only thing it, it, the only thing that you could look... If you read this archetype, the only reason you'd know it was from an 
artificers because you know you need the smith's tools or or whatever it is you need to make the the you make the cannons you know uh but i don't feel like there's anything that adds to the class itself like it's making the artificer class itself better because I mean you have an expanded spell list, things like that. But I don't I, I don't think there's much in the way of synergy between the base class and the archetype, if that makes sense. Well let me ask you this. What other class do you see having cannons running around? Okay, well on that subject I do have something to add, but I don't want to inter- interfere in a point you're trying to make, Rob. I, I mean I agree, but I mean that's also where I feel like that stands like the artillerist stands by itself. Like kind of like, okay, so how like the armorer, okay, with the armorer, you can make this arcane armor and then you could put infusions on different parts of your armor, you know, so that there's synergy there with the base artificer class. No, I know, but you're saying like, this doesn't fit with the base artificer class. No, I'm not saying that I'm just saying there's no synergy. Like, I don't think that there's anything that the artillerist... I, I don't know how to put my words together about this. I know what you're saying. I understand what you mean. Um, then help me out, because I don't know how... I, I'm losing my train of thought. Like, I'm, I'm losing why... It, it doesn't feel like it... It doesn't feel like it builds on what is pre- already existing with the artificer. It feels like, it, like I said earlier, it's something that's added on. I do feel like it's good. What is being added on is good. Well, I mean, technically, if you're going to go with that, the only one that fits perfectly is the armor, because the alchemist doesn't couldn't doesn't add anything to the. I also gave the alchemist. Does, I also gave the alchemist a B, though. I know, but I'm just saying that none of these, if that's your criteria, I don't think Battlesmith is going to match up to it either. The only one that really does is armorer. Well, it's, it's not necessarily a criteria. It's 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 a critique that I have. Like I just. I don't know how to formulate my words well, properly. I I have a counter question for you then, Webby. Okay. If if this I do like cannons I, though. I will if say this, this subclass if this subclass doesn't add or it stands alone from the artificer, then what does the artificer do? That's that's in, in your opinion, what does the artificer do? Okay, you've painted me in a corner because no, my just... my instant thought was, I... well, artificers build things, but this class is building cannons, which <laughs> is which is good, which is the point Rob's trying to make. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I see your what my, you're saying, my thing is, that is you, could, like, you could have a fighter. Say you had a fighter. You could have a fighter artillerist, and you would get everything from this artillerist class. And it would feel the same. Like, do you want? You know what I mean? Like this being an artificer, I don't feel like there's anything under the artificer itself that's making this subclass stand out as an artificer subclass, other than I guess the cannons. But you know, if you gave a fighter this subclass, it would be just as good. Well, except for the arcade firearm. You wouldn't be able to use I, that. I mean, yeah, fair. Okay. I mean, you got me on that one, because that is for what rods and stabs, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
or wands, rods, and staffs, something like that. A, a, a wand, rod, or staff that gets a plus D8, and then you can infuse it to get plus two spell attack rolls. Yeah. That's really uh, good. I, I'm not, I don't... Yeah. I, I kind of have the same gripe Webby has. I don't feel like it's building upon what's already existing. It's just, it's added, which is, what it's adding is good. Well, that's, I mean... Yeah, I mean, but that's my point, though. Like, the Alchemist, the Artillerist, and the Battlesmith are all going to be not building well, upon the base. I guess you guys are right. I mean, an Artificer, that's... I guess that's just the shtick, the shtick of the Artificer classes. It just compounds things. It just It just adds more things. Like, oh, I don't have magic items. Now I can make myself magic items. Oh, I don't have bonuses to certain equipment. I'll just make infusions and give myself bonuses. So I guess, I guess they are relatable. I just, I guess they just don't. I they don't. No, I like. I get it. It's yeah. like they don't use none of it. Uses intelligence or Except anything. For the none of armorer. it. Yeah. Yeah. None of it. Like the infusion, you can't put infusions in any of it. Like it's like. Yeah, the, the the artificer doesn't like the arcane firearm. This in any way? Yeah, the arcane firearm is the only thing about this subclass that can be improved by being an artificer, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, I okay. So just I while we were talking about, I just went back and I looked at the base class, and outside of flash of genius, they don't do anything. I, I believe that this is a support class. I, I believe this is a paladin, but a wizard. Because it, it, it's essentially the same spell list and the same sort of half-caster support thing. But the base class is so generic as to allow these things to be plugged into it. Yeah. I don't know if the subclasses are so much stand alone as they are literally half of the puzzle. Right. Because the whole class is just, you can attune to more magic items and they protect you. But there's, you know, some class, you know, like wizards and, you know, they, they, they get stuff. You know, sorcerers get meta magic on the base class and stuff like that. Artificers just get more items and the ability to infuse, which is good, but I think it leaves a lot of space for these criminally short list of subclasses to be I will, say, I will say I'm very concerned that the Artificer has been out for a little while now and that they have not added a new subclass. There were a couple of Unearthed Arcana ones, but I, I don't think they made... Yeah. So. It's because when they try them out, they're like, "Oh God, this is fucking OP." Yeah, bye. I do. I, I feel like they're they're most likely running into an issue where no matter what they try to come up with, everything just seems a bit on the upscale of power. And if they try to make it more balanced, anything that is quote unquote balanced seems seems unimpressive compared to what's already there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think uh, maybe there's an explosives expert hiding somewhere, I, I or a grenade you, or something. You, you yeah, guys, you guys have changed my 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 opinion. I'm going from from a B to an an A minus. 
Uh, I mean, you you guys did, you know, they do have can. I love cannons. When I think of something like a, a, a mechanical construct running around, it does scream artificer to me. They do seem like the tinkerers of D&D. Uh, but like the idea of like that I could not get a, uh, across earlier, it just this particular one just does not seem symbiotic with the base class, at, at least not as much as the armor. And like Rob said, maybe none of them are going to seem that well, you know, that that well connected as the armorer. Um, I would have liked to see other archetypes before. Yeah, I guess the um, theme they went for. So Rob, uh, what's my what's my overall here? I got an A my uh, an A minus, an A, an A plus, and a B. It's gonna be like A minus. All right. If they were full casters, I probably would have said an A plus. Honestly, if they were full casters, they wouldn't be allowed at any. Well, I just I just mean for like the explosive <laughs> cannon deal. Like as a half caster, I'm not comfortable using that very often because it's going to just completely drain your spell slots like so fast. So I, it's like, yeah, you have it, but you're not going to use it all the time. So you're left with your other ones. So I'm not changing my answer, but I'm kind of I kind of agree with Webby as far as it doesn't feel like it. It mixes with anything, but I will also say that all of these features feel like they could be the base class for Artificer, and all the magic item uh, extra attunement stuff could be a subclass. Yeah. (laughs) And it would be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so moving on to Battlesmith. Ryan, this is what you play, so I'll let, oh, you, boy. I'll let you read Battlesmith to us. All right. So tool proficiency. When you adopt this specialization at third level, you gain proficiency with Smith's tools. If you already have this proficiency, you gain proficiency with one other type of artisan's tools of your choice. Battlesmith spells. Starting at third, you always have certain spells prepared. These spells count as artificer spells for you, but they don't account against the number of artificer spells you prepare, which is important because you, like I said, are technically a paladin. You have the whole list, and you can only prepare, like, a couple. Um, So third level, heroism and shield. Fifth level, branding, smite, and warding bond. Ninth level, aura of vitality and conjure barrage. Thirteenth level, aura of purity and fire shield. 17th level, Banishing Smite, and Mass Cure Wounds. Battle ready. When you reach 3rd level, your combat training and your experiments with magic have paid off in two ways. You gain proficiency with martial weapons. When you attack with a magic weapon, you can use your intelligence modifier instead of strength or dex for the attack and damage roll. Steel Defender. By 3rd level, your tinkering has borne you a faithful companion of Steel Defender. It is friendly to you and your companions, and it obeys your commands. See its game statistics in the Steel Defender stat block, which uses proficiency bonus in several places. You determine the creature's appearance and whether it has two legs or four. Your choice has no effect on game stats. In combat, the Defender shares your initiative count, but it takes its turn immediately after yours. It can move and use its reaction on its own, but the only action it takes on its turn is the dodge action, unless you take a bonus action on your turn to command it to take another action. 
The action can be one in its stat block or some other action. If you're incapacitated, the defender can take any action of its choice, not just dodge. If the mending spell is cast on it, it regains 2d6 hit points. If it has died within the last hour, you can use your smith's tools as an action to revive it, provided you are within 5 feet of it and you expel a spence, expend a spell slot of first level or higher. Steel Defender returns to life after one minute with all its hit points restored. At the end of a long rest, you can create a new Steel Defender if you have Smith's Tools with you. If you already have a Defender from this feature, the first one immediately perishes. The Defender also perishes if you die. Then we have stats, and the notable things are it has a melee spell attack, it can repair itself, and it can impose disadvantage on the attack roll of a creature that it can see that it is within five feet of other than itself. Uh, fifth level, extra attack. You can t attack twice rather than once when you take the attack action on your turn. Uh, at ninth level, Arcane Jolt. You learn new ways to channel your arcane energy to harm or heal. When either you hit a target with a magic weapon attack or your steel defender hits a target, you can channel magical energy through the strike to create one of the following effects. Either the, ar the target takes an extra 2d6 force damage, uh, or choose one creature or object you can see within 30 feet of the target. Healing energy flows into the chosen recipient, restoring 2d6 hit points to it. You can use this energy a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier, minimum of once, but you can do so no more than once on a turn. You regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. And at 15th level, improved defender. At 15th level, your arcane jolt and steel defender become more powerful. The extra damage and the healing of your Arcane Jolt both increase to 4d6. Your Steel Defender gains a plus 2 bonus to AC. And whenever your Steel Defender uses its Deflect Attack, which is the imposing disadvantage, the attacker takes force damage equal to 1d4 plus your Intelligence modifier. Huh. Alright. Ryan, you know what? Let's start with you. You play this class. What are your thoughts on this class? I, yes, I do play this class. The Defender is good. Part Well, from a roleplay perspective, the Defender has had uses. I find myself wishing that he could explode. <laughs> okay, so like, Fine. A melee spell attack, and it can impose disadvantage as a reaction, by the way. So only once a turn. But the other class can Dragon Breath? But anyways, um, it, it gets up to a maximum of 17 AC for the defender at level 15, which is, I mean, it's fine. Um, I, I like the Arcane Jolt. I haven't had a chance to play that yet, because we are level 8. Yeah. So I'm sure that's going to feel very nice with my, uh, with my sword. I do so like, gonna... I like the idea that that is, you get to use either extra damage or a heal from that. Yeah. And that factors into what I'm saying about the Artificer being a wizard paladin. Right. Like, that, this just reads support class to me. While the artillerist kind of reads more of a of of an of a fighter with the ability to heal with a couple spells, um, battle ready is great. 
at at level one, I had a plus five to to attack and damage rolls with uh, with my weapon because I was using my my int, which is also the spell cap, which is good that it's both your attack and damage rolls and your spells all come off of the same stat, so you don't have to worry about if you rolled poorly or if you're using standard array. You can you just have to focus on intelligence, right? Um. You know, like I said, the defender is fine. Extra attack is great, especially once you get Arcane Jolt. Um, I'm, it's it's probably gonna be just a solid like B B to B plus for me. Okay. Because all of the spells, granted, I chose to be this one for character reasons. Because this is what Simon would be. I will say, I started reading Warding Bond, and I was just like, oh, that's dope. How come Simon doesn't cast that on me more often? And then I was like, oh, because he would take damage too. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, as far as the spell, like, Simon did this because he is, that's his whole thing. He's on a quest to protect his entire people and figure out why they you know, have this curse on them, so his whole thing is he's protecting. Right. If he didn't have that backstory, he'd probably be an artillerist. Okay. Um, So that's why I'm saying B. I will say, I I never knew that Silk could understand us when we talked. Otherwise, I, I might have more conversations with 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 silk. <laughs> well, you can try. You just can't talk back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob, what do you think about this this particular subclass? Uh, I give it a I give it an a minus. Uh, maybe B plus, but I lean more towards the a minus because Simon is also difficult to hit. But uh, note self kill off Simon before he gets Archangel. <laughs> Well, then you really shouldn't let me buy full plate, then. Simon only has scale mail. <laughs> You're still the hardest to hit out of everybody. <laughs> well, only a 25 with a shield is up, right? Yeah, only. Man, I think Pebble's AC is the worst when he's not wild-shaped. I think my AC I is think... like a 15. Yeah, the average, I think, of everybody is like a 16. So... <laughs> Uh, all right, Donnie, what's your thoughts on the Battlesmith? Say a B. B. Yeah. I, this is what I, this is what's called a Gish character. I feel it's a caster that melees as well, and I think there's other ones that do that a little bit better. Okay. But it is tankier than a lot of those. So yeah, B. Um. You know what? I'll go with B plus two, um, which I think will bring the average to a B plus. Uh, I don't mind this one. Like I like this one and all. Um, I like the versatility with like the arcane jolt ability. Honestly, I mean, I honestly, I think Rob hit it on the head as far as what I was trying to convey before the armor is the only one that I feel that 
synergizes well with the artificer base class stuff. Um, I don't, I don't hate any of these builds. Like there, there's not, there's not a subclass for the artificer that I don't, that I, that I dislike. Um, <clears throat> I will say if I ever chose to be, say the alchemist, the battlesmith, the artillerist, one of those three, I most likely would end up multi-classing mm-hmm. to try to fill in some of the gaps where I feel it was lacking. Um, the armorer, I'm not necessarily sure that I would. I, I might try to bring that to level 20, but even then, most likely I would find, if, if I rolled an artificer, this this would end up being the whole reason why I hate you know multi-classing into warlocks. I, I feel like artificer would just better benefit from multi-classing into something else for X amount of levels. I think they bring a lot of good stuff to the table, but I think they benefit greatly for multi-classing into something else. <clears throat> this is one of the few times that me and Webby don't agree on something on that. I think I'd go to the max 20 just because of the 20th capstone. Really? Yeah. You can attune to six items and you're getting a plus one to your saves for every one. Yeah. Not to mention, yeah, like that is very strong to me. Like if you're if it's a game two twenty, that is incredibly strong. And uh, you can, I mean, it won't work on your own death saving throws, but you can give others a plus five to their death saves, which is pretty great. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But all of your other saves are are plus five. So and the whole ending and infusion to keep one health. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of good stuff, I feel like, and that's level it's 20. Lives. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, me and Ryan talked about this a, a bunch earlier about how hard it would be to kill an artificer. Um, but I don't know. I tend to make characters more for for thematic purposes. Yeah. And I will say the characters, like, I genuinely don't care to multiclass. I, I like to pick a character. A lot of the characters that I choose to play are characters that I would bring to level 20, um, with the exception of very few. Like, if honestly, we say this, we mention it at least once in every of these fucking ranking subclass episodes. The bard level twenty capstone is dog shit. So if yep. you if you roll up a bard, that's perfect. Bards are awesome. I have a bard. I loved playing my bard. Multi class a couple levels into something else. Yep. Okay. Even if it's two levels into rogue. Okay. You're gonna get cunning action. This that and the other thing. You're you're not gonna regret it. Do it early. You know. I don't know. Uh, you know. Uh, hmm. You know, it feels weird. Hmm. As far as Battlesmith goes, I know, I know I've said it like 18 times. It could literally say, I'm kind of agreeing with what you said earlier about nothing fitting. It could literally say Channel Divinity in front of Steel Defender. And I wouldn't have thought like anything. Like I, I would have thought it was just... Because it's kind of written like a paladin subclass i mean kind of and then they have a smite yeah they, they get two smites yeah they also get aura of vitality which is 
was originally specifically a paladin spell. But here, now see, it, that that just comes into my problem when I was playing Gil. Everything that I wanted to do, I either had to give up my attack, because it was an action spell, which I had two of, so I would have had to give up my two attacks to do an action spell, or, in this case, all of these paladin spells are bonus actions for the most part, Yep. and when you use them, your steel defender is just going to stand there like, boo, and it's not going to do anything. It'll at least take the dodge action. Yeah, and I mean, I know that, you know, when when we play, you let us just say, I tell Silk to kill our enemies, and then we just assume that that applies going forward, but, like, rules is written, you're giving up a lot to cast yeah, one of I've these I've never spells. liked that. Yeah. It's actually better for you to knock yourself out, because then the Steel Defender grows a brain and will actually do its own thing. <laughs> like... I don't know. I I know that it's that way to balance pets. I just it's it's just goofy that this robot would just stand there and stare at you. Yeah, while you're just while one person has you in a full Nelson, the other person's pummeling you in the stomach. The robot's just sitting there staring. Like, what do I do? What are, you're not telling me so what to weird. do? What are they doing? Sorry, Dad. You smited this turn. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, you're right. Uh, well, those are the four Artificer ranks. We ended up getting uh, two A's and two B's, essentially. There's The Alchemist earned a B. The Armorer earned an A. The Artillerist earned an A-. And the Battlesmith earned a B+. So... <clears throat> And we are right around... Is there anything else anybody would like to say about the Artificer? Hmm. Ex with the exception of... What was it? Tony Stork? Tony Stork, the Aarakocra... Uh, the, the Iron Aarakocra? Iron yeah. Aarakocra, yep. This needs to happen. I gotta work that out, because... Uh, I mean, I know it sounds good, but those armor gauntlet attacks they kind of feel bad when it's your only weapon, but I'm going to see if I can make it work. Uh, so with that being said, we are at about the hour and a half. We're actually exactly at the hour and a half mark. Uh, Rob, do we have a science corner? Uh, sure. Actually, I read about what you told me about. the. Uh, they found a meteor that hit Earth that's actually from outside our solar system, one of only three... Uh, uh, interstellar objects that have entered our solar system that we know of, and one of them crashed to Earth. But it's okay. really interesting. They're studying it now, but it comes from outside the solar system. Yep. It actually found new elements in it or something? It actually crashed into our atmosphere, like, a long time ago. Yeah. So, they're just... I guess they're just now finding more and more new things out about it or whatever. Yep. Uh, I don't know if they've, uh, like, I don't know how they can tell. Like, like, like Donnie said, like, I don't, I don't know if they've found any new elements or, or, or anything like that, but like, how would they be able to tell if something came from outside of our, our solar system? Like specifically. Um, it would like most, it, it's, it's hard to like 
it's I mean it's not really hard to explain, but like it, it, it takes a lot to figure it out. But because of the way our sun is, like most of the things in our solar system are affected by the sun's radiation in the same way. But because this has different like radiation signatures it can tell that it's not from within the solar system so it's been affected by <clears throat> another type of radiation that's or affected in a different way gotcha. uh, like it yeah or like the levels of radiation aren't as high as other objects in our solar system that have yeah things like that exactly gotcha yeah Wow, I said something smart for once. <laughs> I'm all happy. I got this big shit-eating grin on my face now. Man, I feel like the smartest man alive. Frost giants are real, people. <laughs> oh, also I read an article that says the universe is getting hotter instead of colder. Like oh, goddamn so. frost giants. Frost giants are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right. Well, with that being said, we're going to do our outros here. Uh, Donnie, I'm not even going to ask you because you're going to give Everybody knows it's at Jack's Forest Walker, all one word. (laughs) 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 Uh, Ryan, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Go ahead and promote whatever it is you want to promote. How's that? I mean, I don't really tweet, but... We can share mine. Crimtastic on Twitter. (laughs) Okay, what about your Twitch? Give your Twitch yet? Oh uh, yeah, Crimtastic on Twitch also. Now, what what kind of stuff do you normally uh, normally Twitch? Well, uh, <laughs> my neck, Webby. No, but um, <laughs> me too. Uh, up until a couple of weeks ago, I was playing Pokemon ROM hacks, and then I got really mad, and now I'm playing uh, Lego Star Wars. Are you ready? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's that guy's catchphrase. So anytime, anytime you hear that in D and D, just start looking around. Just get up and walk away. <laughs> Are you ready? Let's just fucking misty steps somewhere else. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> she banishes herself. He's gonna be a steel defender with a giant pokeball as his steel defender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Webby, you think I have banishment? <laughs> oh well, yeah. Um. All right, so we already did Donnie. Uh, Give my shit out. Uh, no, Rob. that's dibs. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. And as always, you guys, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack's Forest Walker, all one word, on Twitch Liar. at DM Webby, and on eBay at Looking for Devin while pooping in Donnie's shoes. Look at that! Look up. Is that a preview? Gotcha, Is that a preview? Gotcha. <laughs> Is that a preview of what's to come? Maybe you're gonna be coming to visiting uh, soon. Maybe I'll have yeah. to poop in your shoe. Um, how, how much you so, still haven't found the kitty litter? Listen, all right. <laughs> well, all just right. everyone, well, just look up. Look, just look up Donnie Bronner on on Facebook. And send him of of oh shit! <laughs> Full name and all. I've never even done oh. that to you, Donnie. Uh, uh, request. Uh, make sure it's me and not my father. Yeah, yeah, maybe I've made that mistake that I'm surprised your dad hasn't talked to you about. Anyway, Uh uh, Ryan, so we have a little we have a little thing on this. I talked to you a little bit earlier about it. We usually sign off with a big old fuck booster gold. I was wondering if maybe you could uh, sign us off with a big old fuck booster gold. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Fuck booster gold. He looks like a dumbass. Yeah, fuck that guy. (laughs) 
The outro music's playing. Feel free to talk through it. His special power is thievery. It really is. <laughs> Ryan, so I don't know if you know anything about Booster Gold, but he's from the future. He worked at a superhero museum. He stole a bunch of superhero tech and then traveled back in time to solve crimes that were already committed to gain fame. Right. Wow, sounds like a sounds like an asshole. Yeah, so he's to a save, big old douchebag. To say, Webby, are we still recording? Uh, yes. Not anymore.